Welcome to B2B Podcast Stories brought to you by GHM Marketing. Our guest today is Andy Brown. Andy is the founder of Great Circle, a company that helps train companies to take their coaching and online courses to the next level through Kajabi, the ultimate all-in-one course and content platform. Today, Andy shares his transformative journey, going from the corporate grind to a life of adventure and flexibility and finding your grind. So today, expect to learn how Andy's podcast was a strategic move that led to business growth and audience expansion, how consistent messaging is important to building your brand's voice, why SEO is crucial for your online presence, discover the importance of building community, the rise of Great Circle, and how Andy became a Kajabi expert after his own horror stories. Before we begin, please remember to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. It really helps the show. And we're going to keep bringing you amazing guests and stories about all the different ways podcasting has helped B2B businesses. And with that, here's Andy. Andy, thank you so much for coming on B2B Podcast Stories. Really excited to have you on and hear about your story overall. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. So you've had a really interesting life. And and we'll get to how you've ended up in sunny, sunny Spain uh, doing your own paddle business, which sounds like the dream. And I want to go through your story overall and primarily the business that you had before this, which was One Life, right? So tell us about One Life. What was it about? What were you guys doing? Yeah, One One Life was previously called the Disruptors Club. Um, And that was way, way before COVID. And that came about whereas I've had my own business for 20 years. And people were sort of seeing me. We were in Jersey in the Channel Islands, that tiny little island in the Channel Islands. People were seeing me out and about during the week on Facebook, doing my stuff, surfing, flying my plane. They're like, how does that work? And more people start coming to me saying, how did you bust out the corporate career and build your own business? So we realized there was more and more people wanted to do that then. So we started the Disruptors Club, which was all about disrupting your ordinary, building your business and living your dream. So that was great. We had a membership with that. The, the challenge with that was that as we approached COVID, um, more people, because you, you, you and I know how difficult it is to start a business. You know, it's it's not impossible, but it takes hard work. So a lot of people were finding it a little bit challenging. COVID comes along and changes everything. So what we realized after COVID, when we looked at it, was that I looked at Google data. What do people actually want post-COVID? And there was, there was three things. They wanted, number one, they wanted to discover what they really wanted out of life, not just being in boxes and I think I'll do this and I think I'll do that. They really wanted to discover who they were. They wanted an adventure and they wanted to find their tribe. So we thought, well, that's kind of pivoted a little bit from build your business, live your dream to more, I just want to get out there and, and, and discover who I am. So we, we pivoted Disruptors Club into one life. We'd moved down to Spain uh, by then. And we thought, well, we've done it because I sort of, I'd been working for myself for 20 years and I busted Jules, who's my wife um, and business partner out of her day job. So we'd kind of done that thing. We'd done what we were saying we were going to do. So we thought, why don't we do it for others? Why don't we help other people do exactly that? Come to Spain, have some adventure, discovery, and find out what they really want to do. So that's how One Life, as it was, came about then. Super cool. And... How did you do it? How did you get out of your corporate job and start your business? I'm interested. Uh, um, I, I went in one day. I was working. I've been around. I was in brand and marketing all my life. I was in a studio and I just, 
I got pushed to the edge and I went in one day and I literally flipped the desk over and I walked out. Literally, like, or figuratively? Yeah, yeah, proper, proper. Liter- proper, yeah. yeah papers everywhere. Big bag. Yeah, just, <laughs> I'm gone. And I, I got out on the street and I went, right, okay, that was interesting. Now I've got it. Now, now I've got a plan B, which I didn't really have. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, I, and I'm, I'm not condoning this, right? This isn't big or clever, believe me, and I did it. But it was, it was kind of where I was and I thought, well, do you know what? I'll just start my own business. I'll, I'll find one client and I'll start from there. And that's, that's how Great Circle came about. Uh, but yeah, I, not advisable in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So and what kind of people did you have coming into um, to Great Circle back then? So my first client um, was a it was a local business in Jersey, but they had ski chalets in Maribel in France. Um, and they used to do the winter season out there, and they used to do the brochures, the big printed brochures as they were then. And they came along and said, "Look, we're we're tired of getting ripped off by the agencies. Would you do our work for us?" And I said, "Well, yeah." And they said, "Well, what we're going to have to do as well is we're going to have to fly you out to Maribel so you get a real essence of it and spend a week with us." Okay, well, if I must. <laughs> So, um, so that's what happened. They flew me out. Um, I did a bit of photography. I was an amateur photographer. And then I went back and I built their whole uh, marketing campaign for the next season. And that was, that was my first client. And it just went from there, really. So it was great. Good start, it was. Yeah. And then you were skiing as well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, I had never skied before. But <laughs> okay. I, uh, yes, I, but it was, I, I did after that. Yeah, for sure. Super cool. And that's what, like... So and how did it progress from there? Was it, do you see a trend of a certain type of personality that goes for that sort of lifestyle? Or is it really a mixed bag of everyone? Is there a certain personality trait that keeps coming across your desk when you have these kind of clients? Those who are in the marketing business or who are jumping out of their job? Jumping out of their job. Um, the first, so the, one of the, the first ladies, again, she'd kind of done something that I'd done. She'd walked out of her job, but she was an accountant. Uh, and she just said, I've had enough and I had a coffee with her. And she was, she was terrified. She was a single mom had had a mortgage to pay and said, what are we going to do? And we literally sat in a cafe, we sat at Costa one day and we mapped out what she was going to do. And within six months, she was earning more than she ever had before. And she, she found that freedom. It was, it was more the corporate side, the real heavy business stuff where people were getting murdered in the jobs that were coming out and just saying, I'm cracking under the pressure. Um, more than more than people who were sort of in the I wouldn't say the lighter jobs, but it seemed to be the corporates. Whether that was a Jersey thing, I don't know. But they were the ones that that dived in and and were really motivated to get out there and do the thing. And the how, not how. Why do you love it? And by this, I mean we obviously start to have a a feel of it. The way you you talk about it and living the living the dream, but. Why do you find that mission particularly important? And we want to come back to it more the business aspect of it and the keyword research you did for Google. But overall, why do you make this the important points for yourself, but also for for others? Look, it's it's a cliche, isn't it? But it's so true. It's it's life's too short, you know. I was right. I was used to sit there on a Sunday night before I went into work, and I would just have my head in my hands thinking, is is this it? Is this all it is for people like me? And I, re- I remember having that conversation one with myself on Sunday. And then I can't remember if that was the, the day before I, I turned the table, literally. But I just thought, there's got to be more to life than this. We cannot be living for weekends and two or three weeks holiday a year. And so 
at the time I didn't I didn't believe that people like me could do things like this until I made it happen. I just had to make it happen out of necessity. And then I just I realized that it's not just me that, that can do this. And the more people I spoke to, they were in the same thing, living for weekends, living for their annual holidays. And it was just the balance didn't stack up for me. Why we why we this should be the other way around almost. And the more I did it and the more that I helped people do it, we, we discovered this freedom, this incredible freedom that's out there. And you can either choose to build a huge business, an empire, or you can say, I'm going to live an amazing life and I'm going to live to my means. And that for us, once we got the taste of that, or for me, um, was just was just unstoppable for me, to be honest. Mm. That's very inspiring. I like that a lot. Was the, um, the podcast initiative of One Life also in that same um, thought train, train of thoughts, whatever the correct English is? is? Yeah, the, the the podcast was based around, again, it wasn't around me. It was finding people who had done pretty much the same thing through whether it was just they'd had enough, the, 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 it was adversity, they'd bust out of that day job, that career and built amazing businesses for themselves. And it was, the journey of that podcast was just, for me, was fascinating. The people I had on there, I had ex-ministers from the UK, I had moms who'd gone out and were teaching other moms how to manage their money diversity of that podcast was was simply incredible i loved it i loved it and i tried to do one a week because i was so hooked into it um and it was a, it was along that vein and the more i did it the more i found the people who were kind of the tribe if you like i always talk about tribe find your tribe and uh yeah it was it was it was fascinating and the podcast podcast just grew because of these amazing people yeah so the um... That's quite a story. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it would be able to compete, but your first client was somebody who flew you to Maribel to do the season there. How did the, how did the podcast actually start? Like where did the idea come from and how did you actually start it? I, I'd been told about podcasts. Everyone said, you need a podcast. And my, my perception of it was it's too much work and I don't know how to do it. And I delayed and I delayed. I wish I hadn't. I probably lost a year of amazing people because my perception was it's too hard to start a podcast. But then I thought, right, I'm going to knuckle down. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to try one. And I'm a great believer if you don't have to get it perfect, you just have to get it going. And I, I, I did one. I got out there. I had all sorts of convoluted systems. I can't remember back in, you know, a few years ago, I was using this platform and a bit of this and a bit of that. And I put it together and I just thought, this is fabulous. It was, it was almost a, an outlet for me. And then people started because the guests were sharing the podcast with their guests or with their audience, their tribe, more and more people were coming to me that way. And I was, I was what have I been waiting for? Um, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I really did. That's really interesting. When me and Guillaume started our first podcast, um, Corporate Treasury 101, our very first episode, actually, our very first episode was a climbing podcast. Not many people know about this. Mm. You and I were getting into bouldering at the time and we were like, we want to start a podcast. What are we going to do about, we really love bouldering. We recorded a whole episode um, and then we were like, we have, this is, we don't have any more to add after this. Like, we don't know what episode two is going to be about. And so we kind of just, that episode never went live. And then we said, okay, well, let's do that on Corporate Treasury, which was Guillaume's field at the time. And, um, and that really took off. And again, it was just that we recorded it out of one of our laptops. 
we thought we were using our microphone that we had this clip-on mic that Guillaume had uh, from some other endeavor that he had a long time ago. Turns out we found out like six episodes in, we weren't even using that mic properly because we didn't understand how to do it on the laptop. It was actually just a laptop mic, one laptop between two guys sat at a table in a big living now room, a lot of echo. And that episode one is still live and it's our most listened to episode to date. And uh, to this day, and we're always like embarrassed. We're like, oh my God, like that's, we didn't know at all what we were doing. But it was just what you said there. We got the first episode out, didn't matter. We got better and better and better. And now we're almost episode 200 uh, on that one. And it's, it's way better today than it was episode one, of course. But if we hadn't just gone out and started episode one, got that first recording in, however it was, and just got it live and built that muscle of consistently publishing, um, we wouldn't be where we are today. And I completely like what you said there about it's just about starting. I, th I think that's a great point because a lot of people see the others out there saying, I'm on my 500s, my 1,000 podcast, Mike Richards, look how many Mike Richards has done. I sat around the table. He was one of your guests. Yeah. And I remember being at, I met him at a mastermind and he's like, same thing. What's this podcast thing? I'm going to have a go. But I think people can look at people like Mike and yourselves and go, how do I get to 200 to 500? And it's not about that. It's how do you get to number one? And you go from there. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've heard from people. And that was me as well. So yeah. No, super cool. So, I mean, we can give first steps here, right? What's the first step to starting a podcast? It's just sit down start recording on a conversation that you want to have either with someone ideally you can use google meet you can use teams you can use whatever you want if you're live with each other just use your laptop microphone and find one of these rss publishing platforms right like uh, buzzsprout uh, podbean etc stick it up there or give it a title and that's it you're done and it'll push it on apple and spotify and everything like that that's that's your episode one done really right and like i said so I guess you've seen this in all aspects of business, right? People thinking they need everything needs to be perfect to get started. How do you tackle that generally with the people that you work in your businesses? I think it's it's like you guys, isn't it? It's leading by example. You know, it's it's being that proof that you, you don't. You know, well, I loved what you said about your first episodes. I think that's brilliant. And um, nothing's perfect. You know, you you just have to get going, but you also have to find going back to tribe, maybe the, the right people to be around you to inspire and motivate you and say, just have a go at it. No one's waiting out there with sniper rifles to shoot you down. People are, when, for example, when you start a podcast, the fear there, but when you get one out, people go, that's great. How did you do that? So I think it's, it's definitely leading by example and encouraging people to, to get started and showing them the benefits of it as well. That's a great point. What did you see as the benefits of the podcast that you had for your business when you had it back then? Yeah, well, I, as I said, the benefit for me was it was so rewarding because I met more people and it was fascinating, these stories. But on the back of that, I got more traffic. I had people coming to me asking about the business. How do I get involved? Can I join the membership? And these people, where are they coming from? And they were they were coming either from my podcast, but more often the, the guests putting their podcasts out there. So you, you're expanding your audience exponentially with every guest that you have. It's, it's phenomenal. So that was, it was a very nice side product of a podcast with the business growing, um, alongside of loving what I'm doing. I mean, does it get any better than that? Yeah. 
I think that's that's the part about podcast content that people always forget. So you can make general content, you can make social media posts and this and whatever, and um, but that's usually just you're putting on your website or on your social media, and that's it. It's just a, really stuck to your audience. The value of the podcast is, especially if you're interviewing people, is when you post it, you tag that person, they reshare it. You automatically access to all of their followers, all of their network as well. And then every single guest you have, you're sort of branching into this new network of uh, individuals on social media platforms and whatnot that give you this reach of impressions. And even if one, two, three of them come onto your page and one of them converts into a client every second episode, uh, then huge business ROI on that, right? Yeah, 100%. As I said, I didn't know where these people were coming from. I always ask. I always say, how did you find us? And then you're like, really? So the, the yeah, the flip side is just, it's just incredible. Um, and it, again, it's, you know, you, if you're not doing this, if you have a business and you're not podcasting, you're missing a huge opportunity, you know, because it's going to, it's going to expand your mind. It's going to, it's going to be more interesting. It's more content for you. Um, and it's going to grow your business. Not two ways about it. There is this, uh, this concept of tribe that you keep on mentioning and the, it's very funny to see that. So even in a, in a niche in corporate treasury, now we start, we start, we start to be in a live events and we have people recognizing us and we're like, okay, that's uh, that's a bit, uh, surprising to just get known for a treasury podcast where you discuss a bit about a very geeky aspect of finance, but there is this, and there is also the kind of tribe and brand you create with your podcast directly with your guests. Like each guest that comes on the show now has a, or belong to the corporate treasury 101 community because they've been here. They have given insights. They have explained what they're doing, but also they have given their best advices to people listening to us. And that's how you slowly, but surely create a tribe, right? I would like you to, to explain us a bit this concept and how you've included it in your different endeavors and in your podcast, like how do you apply the concept of tribe to this whole business, but also podcast aspect? Yeah, I think the, the, the first concept of tribe for me was when we launched the disruptors club. So that was, that was literally a live launch in Jersey in a hotel in Jersey. And there was this whole new concept of like, who are these guys? What are they doing? And, um, let's go along and have a look. So there was 99% of the room was there. I, I, I didn't know anybody, but they, they started to listen to what we were saying. We had guests on stage. It was a half day event and you could see the, the, the connection The People were talking with each other in the break. They'd never met each other. And you could see this, this tribe forming the disruptors club forming. And it was just, it was phenomenal to see. And then when that rolled into the podcast, it grew even further. People, people were saying, what is the Disruptors Club? I was like, come and listen to the podcast. And then you're getting these messages again from these people going, that was amazing. When's the next one out? And yeah, it might be next week. So you could see this tribe growing and growing and growing. And then one life became the same thing. It, it, it became this. People want to get out there. They don't want to stuck behind the desks for the rest of their lives. They start coming together. It starts forming and it starts growing and it's phenomenal, but it's all about getting out there. And I guess it's about, and I don't, I don't say this about myself, but leadership, but people need guidance. They're the hero. 
but we're just there as the guides. Um, so I think I think you're right. It's, it, I think every niche has its have it has its tribe, and that's strong. That's a great place to be, whether you're in there or whether you're leading from the front. So two things that you make me think about. The first thing is um, one thousand true fans. I don't know if you know the the expression, but it's as soon as you reach the one thousand true fans threshold or like mark like you know your you know your setup if you produce good content enough if you provide value for a long time enough and you have your true thousand first fans your setup because they will always follow you they will always support you and then they will get the word out there that makes me think a bit of the concept of tribe and then there is a very famous book that's i haven't read personally but have heard a lot of um by sebastian jungle tribe have you have you read it indeed? Is that where it comes from? Or I, I haven't, but I'll, I will now. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. Sorry about that. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's, it highlights the importance and why people need to feel this uh, belonging to a, a group. And yeah, the homecoming aspect of things. It's a, it's a very interesting one. But yeah, fair. So I, take us through the, um, the Great Circle now. How Great Circle started. What is Kajabi? What do you do there? And why it helps businesses? Yes, so Great Circle was the was the table flipping business. That was the actual the original one that I started after I quietly left the office. <laughs> and um, the 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 names a bit the names a bit weird, but let me explain that. Um, I've been flying for pretty much all my adult life. I learned to fly and flew planes and stuff. And there's a there's a concept of the shortest distance between two points lies along a great circle. So if, if you ever fly across the Atlantic and you're looking at the dreaded map on the seat back and thinking, how long is this going to take? You'll see it's in a curve and that's called a great circle. So I apply this concept of getting my customers from where they are now to the way they want to go without any delays, any fuss added expenses. And it kind of stuck. It was a bit of a weird name. It's, it, 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 it's got a nice lean like it. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was kind of weird. I tried all sorts of aviation stuff in there, but I thought, no, that's, that's where I want to be. So that... That's been my baby really for, as I say, well, more than, I, I incorporated the company 21 years ago, but that was my freelance business before I started. So we, I grew into, I'd worked with some of the biggest brands in the world. I worked with um, Adobe, Bentley, Audi. I was a brand manager for all these big brands. So I basically took that experience and wrapped it into Great Circle. And then again, what we found as as the, the online space grew, um, you become if you if you don't niche if you don't niche down on what you're doing you get lost in this red ocean so we had a lot of physical companies and clients post covid we had one huge contract and i'd been i'd been lazy here by relying on this for so long come covid they just cut the budget and it was, it's all over you're like you're out there's no going back from this so as we worked through that I thought we've got to find a niche. Going back quickly to one of the, the, the launches we did with the Disruptors Club, we'd had somebody, so we were launching a membership. We were launching this tribe membership of the Disruptors Club. So we'd had someone build out our WordPress site with all these plugins, LearnDash and all this stuff on there. Great stuff. So we come, come the end of the event, the Disruptors Club launch, 60% of the room sign up on the day. They're in, they're in for this thing, right? So. It's a little bit of a celebration. I'll be, I'll be honest that night. <laughs> so it was a great event. We've got a, we've got it. We're up and running. I wake up the next morning and my inbox is full. 
of all these cancellations of PayPal. The system's tipped over and it's kicked everybody out overnight. So you can imagine the, the carnage that I created. So we're like, okay, got onto the developers, the rebuilder. We tried to get people back. We probably got about 40% of the people back and he did the same thing the next night. So I said, I said we can't do this. We need, we've got to change the systems. So we looked around because we had WordPress, LearnDash, we had email systems, ClickFunnels, we had all this stuff going on. And I said, we, we can't manage this. So we found this system called Kajabi, which is this all-in-one course delivery, membership delivery, um, coaching platform that just wrapped everything we had into one place. So again, we kicked out WordPress and all that, and we had the, we had the business rebuilt on Kajabi. And... and we had a contractor come to us and said, we can do this for you. So it was a girl in Canada, right? I, said, I can do this for you. We can, I'm an expert. I can build it all out for you. So we invested a load of money in her. She got halfway through the build and then she took the money and she ran off to the hills with a boyfriend and we never heard from her. So <laughs> what have we got to do? What have we got to do? So that's when I thought, right, I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm going to get into this Kajabi thing to the bottom so I understand exactly what it does how it serves people like us and just found that it was just this amazing platform just incredible course coaching delivery platform and so we went all in on it i went all in totally vertical as i like to say on a niche learned it from the ground up and then built our team so we could do what she didn't do for us we could actually go out there we could serve other coaches membership owners um, and build kajabi for them and but more than that, because of my business background, I could add that on there as well. Kajabi is just a it's, a, it's a function. It's an amazing functioning platform. But when you wrap in the business experience and things like podcasts and things like that, it just comes alive. So that's how we got to Kajabi. It was, it was a rocky road. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, um, it, was, it was twitchy time. Um, but yeah, here we are. So start of January this year, we went all in. We said, we're, we're moving from great circle digital marketing to being the Kajabi experts. I'm going to position myself as the Kajabi guy. And so we, we positioned that on LinkedIn. And I was like, okay, I'm, I just need to, I need to let this one run for a, a few weeks. And there was nothing, nobody came. And I sat and I put content out and I'm like, we've made a huge error doing this. We need to go back to being this digital marketing agency. Then I get this call booked, this discovery call book with a client in Canada. And I'd literally, literally an hour before changed the entire LinkedIn profile back to the digital marketing business. And I'm on this call with this lady. She's saying, I found you through LinkedIn because I searched for a Kajabi expert and you came up. And as I'm talking to her, I'm looking at our LinkedIn profile that's suddenly gone back to a generic marketing agency. And I've got one, I've got that phone there and I'm changing the LinkedIn <laughs> back because she's an agent for another client. She's I'm just about to show you a LinkedIn profile with the, and I'm like, how can I keep her hanging on? What can we talk about? I just need plenty. Do you have a dog? Tell us about your dog. <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? And uh, just so anyway, I managed to do it. And um, that's from there. It just, it, the same thing happened. It took off. We started to get found. But yeah, I get it. It's just, it's just, it's being in business, isn't it? Right. <laughs> sense. So that's very interesting, Andy. You have, so we talked about two businesses of yours right now. 
The first one, it started with what I understand is a keyword research, right? You just go on Google and you try and find out what people actually search for, what they want. Um, that's very data-based and just, okay, I'm going to optimize for the thing that I see coming up the most. Um, can you walk us through this? Like when people are thinking about either setting up a business back to your mission, right? Giving the chance to people who are in the corporate life to switch to businesses, that, but also how it impacts how you potentially start a podcast. And now with Kajabi, it's like a complete different story. You just see the need yourself because that's something you've been through. That's a problem that you've identified and you're like, there is a gap in the market here. Why shouldn't I go there? And then you go and you have all this <laughs> very hectic journey, obviously. And because of a content strategy and because of your LinkedIn profile, you end up being found and there it goes. And here again, you found your niche. Can you walk us through these different processes on how to choose where you're going to start your business, potentially your podcast behind it, and what's the advice for people who'd like to begin as well? Sure. The first thing is, if you think about, if you're thinking about starting a business, if you've got experience, there's always someone further behind you that doesn't have as much experience as you have. And I always say, if you can legitimately solve somebody's problem, you have a viable business product or an offer. So that's the first stage. What am I good at? And Jules and our Jules is my business partner and my wife. We all, we've always come back to in the dark times. What are we really good at? And we've come back to basics on that. And that's my experience in marketing and now Kajabi. The rest of the data is all there. Google Trends was huge for us. We use Google Trends. We use Google Keyword Search. All those tools are there for free. So when you decide what your expertise is and where you want to go, get out there and find those keywords. Ask the public. All of these platforms are gold for you. When you're starting your search engine optimization or your podcast, the data's all out there. If you go to google.com and you just start typing in Google, it will give you, you'll see it'll start adding words on the end of what you're typing. This is what people are searching for. The data's all there. And if you know how to use this, you are so far ahead of the next guy. And that's what we do in every project. When we help people who come to us to start a new business, research, 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 but it's all there. It's not as dull as it sounds either. It can be really good fun, but what it will give you is that, that, that head start, that, that, that forward thought process, the content that you need. Um, and that's how we've always done it. Okay, that's very good. So just for the just for the record, we're gonna put the link in the show notes. But I think one of the tools you mentioned is Google Keyword Planner, right? You just go there and you see the volume of researchers for another one. And then the one I didn't know is Google Trends, but that's very good again because you know by putting in a keyword what are the trends along this world. Super interesting. And now for the Kajabi one, here it's more you've identified a gap in the market where you had experience and you just decided, okay, I'm gonna go all in, in there. That's that's pretty much the story. Yeah, we Kajabi awarded us Kajabi expert status towards the end of last year. So when you get that that official tag, if you like, you get that rubber stamp from the people who actually build this thing. You've got to go all in on that because you've got validation. You're not just you're not just someone in Canada who's going to take your money and run off to the hills. <laughs> this is the boyfriend. In, this isn't yes. This isn't about people in Canada running running off the hills. I'm sure they all have to do it. Yeah. But when you get something that you are all in on, go one inch one inch wide, a mile deep, as I say, on the vertical. 
And yeah. that's where you'll win. And you have to serve at that level. And it takes time. It takes patience. But when you're that good, I always say, be the best in the world at what you do. Mm. Love that. It's so hard though. Like the, so when you and I started our businesses, right? Like we're always like, oh, but like this one person's talking about this other thing that kind of does what we do. And then we're like, oh, let's do a bit of that. And let's do a bit of that. And let's do a bit of that. And it gets wider and wider and wider. And then we get to a point where we're like, yeah, but we can't, we can't deliver on all this. And then we go, you know, let's, let's stick to the basics. Let's stick to what we're good at. Let's stick to podcasting. Let's stick to this, right? Like, it's so hard. It's that patience thing that you said there as well, right? Just say, look, okay, other opportunities are coming, but that's not, you don't have to jump on all of them. Like, and you can't, and you're never going to be good at it. You're never going to give good results to get the good referrals, to get the further business, to get the everything else, right? So how, how do you, I'm guessing like with all the different businesses that you work with, that's a common thing, right? Do you have any like tips, tricks, advice, or is it just put your head down? It's, it's that I've been there. We've tried so many things because you know what it's like as entrepreneurs. Those shiny objects are so attractive. You know, we've, we've done so many different things and it always comes back. It always comes back. And this was post COVID again, which biggest lesson for a lot of us is stay in your lane. Just stay in that lane as, as attractive as those other things look like. Do what you do best and go all in on it. And then you'll be better from all the other people that's spreading out. I've, I've done it. I'm guilty. We've, we've had property businesses. I've tried aviation businesses. And it's just you get too thin. But the, all, the other thing is that people don't understand what you do. If your message is so blurry, they'll never come to you because they don't understand who you are, what you do. My profile on LinkedIn says, the Kajabi guy, we help coaches and training professionals build and scale their business on Kajabi. You have to be that specific. And it's the same podcasting, isn't it? You, you can't be all things to all men and women on a podcast because people are like, what are we listening to? It's, it's, it's always comes back to get back in your lane and go all in on that and you will succeed. And you'll, it will also simplify your life. And the patience thing as well comes into that I think because with a podcast like you just need to keep publishing the next episode episode one's going to get five downloads as we would all of our clients like guys don't don't expect too much episode one's going to by the time you get to episode 20 then episode one starts compounding episode 10 episode one starts compounding right because then the algorithms pick you up then you're like because there's a stat that says 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode three out of the ones that do 90% don't make it past episode 20 Wow. So to get to 21 episodes, you're a top one percentile podcast, right? And so like that just shows just how hard it is. And it's only, and it's not even that hard, but that just shows what the bar is, what everyone else is doing and how you should be just like, get your head down, be consistent and be patient and just keep putting them out and the results will come. And because of that stat, that's why the algorithms in podcast world won't pick you up until you're anywhere near like episode 20. Right before that, you could just be a one hit, okay, one episode in. They're not going to just start pushing you to the front page, are they? Um, so they need to make sure that you're actually publishing consistently and you're going. And that muscle applies to all aspects of business, I guess, right? Just keep going. Just keep doing it. It's like what you said about the Kajabi guy LinkedIn page, right? You got lucky. You got the break just as you changed. <laughs> you had changed the day before. <laughs> you changed the day before, maybe you only got that call. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's that classic like imagery, right? The person picking for gold and the person that stops just before they reach it. 
It's just about yeah. continuously going. There's, there's, there's another thing I'll just throw in here, and it's I should have read this two years ago. I think it came out. Um, Atomic Habits. Yeah. Um, I've, I've just I'm nearly finished it, and I'm I'm pretty because of my experience. I can, I can pretty much get things done. I can I I talk about task completion, and this comes from flying and things like this. But that book, if you're starting a podcast, I would read that book alongside it, because it will habit stack you putting those podcasts out when you should exactly like you're talking about, Cam. You know, I would I would have read that first and then done it. I've I've been taken on new habits, mostly fitness stuff that I've been lacking. But that combined with starting a podcast will get you over that line. Mm. No two ways about it. It's about consistency. Andy, you've talked quite sometimes about um, these Google aspects. The data is out there. Can you walk us through a bit about, um, can you walk us through, sorry, uh, around the importance of SEO, the exposure for your businesses, the impressions in growing a business in general, but we can also focus on the Kanjabi business. Like how important is that and how do you execute and deliver on that? It's, it's, it's essential. It's, it's massively essential. Basically we were with Kajabi. Um, it's, it's such a, it's such an easy platform to, to optimize for that. But I see so many, cause you can tell, obviously we, we know what we're doing. We can go to the back of a website and using, you know, tools that we can see what the website's built on and you can see the ones that aren't optimized. So what we did is we, and what we do with everyone is we, again, we went all in on that search engine optimization on the relevant keywords. And at one point, algorithms change all the time. So you have to keep on top of it. But at one point we were ranking, I think second in the USA for Kajabi on Google, on organic search, we were getting calls and I'm saying, where did you find us? I Googled Kajabi and you came up second. That is incredible, you know, but you've got to keep working at that, but it's so, so important to get those keywords in and optimize and optimize away, you know, because that's what people are searching on. That's what's going to come up. So for, for there's, there's a saying, isn't there? What gets, what, what is it? What gets measured gets managed. So you don't just set and forget with SEO. You have to keep measuring. So Google analytics, you know, the tools there again, but you've got to be on top of these and they're not as scary as they sound. If you do the work for your business or your podcast, that's where you're going to win because 99% of people aren't doing it. Love it. And for this we have, so we have a big, um, a service that is very appreciated by our customers, which is SEO optimization through podcasting. Obviously you have that part where you can transform all the episodes into SEO optimized article. But the untapped secret that optimizes for SEO through podcasting is actually having the guests to share something on their website and create a backing to it. Because as you said, the algorithm changes all the time. So like you can optimize as much as possible on page to have the latest keyword and the most searched keyword and the most trendy one and make sure that your 20 service pages are optimized for SEO. But eventually the algorithm will change. And eventually people will search for something else, but off page SEO, the backlink part of it won't change or very likely won't change a lot. A backlink is a proof of authority and that will make your website rank higher. If you manage to get all your guests or let's say 70, 80% of them to share a blog post, to put a link on their website towards yours because they've been interviewed on the podcast. So do sound guests who wouldn't just be in the pool of website that gets 
backlinks through opto automa automation or optimization. It's like, I've been on this show. I've enjoyed my time. Here is what these guys do. And here is where you can find my interview. And boom, you have a backlink. And that can definitely help the businesses rank higher on Google and rank second on Kajabi in the US. Although that's a pretty strong performance, Andy. That's, that's <laughs> I, what, what you said there is really important because what I didn't do with my podcast is do that stuff. Mm. I just, I sort of went and I was like, just get more guests, more guests, more guests. And I didn't do any of that at the time. And it's so important, probably because at the time I really didn't know how to do it. So what you talk about there is so important because you're doing all the front end work, which is fabulous. But this stuff that, you know, you guys do and other people is, is so important. That's what I think I missed out on, on the first one. But so when we restart our next podcast, that's going to be right on there. So, so high up there. Very cool. Um, Andy, I think so. You, you manage Kajabi and you help people build their Kajabi businesses, right? And I'm guessing you also, and with your digital marketing experience and background, right? You, you guys are making sure their businesses get discovered to a certain degree also, right? And how do you do that? What are the common strategies you use for that? Uh, maybe outside of podcasting. And then we can tell you how podcasting can help. <laughs> um, first things first, if we're building their business or we're optimizing the business on Kajabi, we'll get that fully search engine optimized, the content on there. And then it's building a, a clear content plan around SEO. It's, it's being really clear on what that looks like, not just knocking out another blog that hasn't got H2 tags on or anything like that. There is, there is strategy behind this to raise, you know, the, the, the results to be found because we know it's no business is unique. So to, to get ahead of the game, this is important. So we, we start with the site, we start with the content, and then we look at the strategy of how are we going to drive that? And again, there's a client we're talking to at the minute that she should be, she should have 5 million followers. She's, she's so important in the holistic diabetes space. She, she just, things haven't been happening for her, which we're working on now. And her next stage, I think I spoke to you guys about this before, is podcast 100% because she needs to be out there. There are millions of people that need her. Um, so once we've done the basics that are there, it's like, what's next? And that's why, again, the podcast thing has to happen because it's, it's, it's going to get it to the world yeah. for sure. 100%. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for coming on to our show. Is there anything that we discussed that you want to dive more into or anything that we missed? I, I think it's, thank you for having me. I mean, it's great. I love, I love chatting to you guys. Um, and I, I love... I, I think just recapping on what we talked about, I love that, you know, the way you guys have niched down as well on this. It's, it's fantastic on what you're doing. Um, but no, I, I, I think it's great. What it's done by chatting to you is it, it's reignited my podcast. <laughs> love. And I was like, and I've been, <laughs> because we've been pivoting and trying not to pivot too much and pivot back, the podcast's been on the to-do list, but that's, that's happening now. That is going to happen for sure. So... I'm going to need some help from that. And um, you, you're really just uh, along the road, aren't you? Just we play right away. It's a small paper. Sort of, right? You can fly over all your twin engines sometimes. Sort of, sort of name. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think, thank you guys, because it's it's got me where I need to be. And um, 
and the importance it's 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 reminded me of the importance of podcasts as well so um no, absolutely fabulous thank you so much appreciate it so thank you so much thank you for listening to the b2b podcast stories we hope you enjoyed the show and if you did please don't forget to hit subscribe and check us out at jhamarketing.com have a great day